You're listening to the Millennials Choice Show, Canada's most trusted podcast on all things real estate, finance, and entrepreneurship. Here's your host, Matthew Ablican. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Millennials Choice Show. We're talking about all things real estate, finance, entrepreneurship. We got a lot of a lot of content for you guys. We promise to always bring it free to you guys. Um, and we want to give you guys the latest and greatest about the recent interest rate hike announcement. Oh my gosh, by the Bank of Canada <laughs> and what that means for you and the real estate market. And, you know, I, I want to clarify some things about certain things. And it's kind of been just uh, pissing me off a little bit where people <laughs> talk about, you know, certain topics that they don't really know about. Uh, but before we do, I'm here with my brother from the same mother, co-host Danny Ablican. What's going on? What's up, Danny? Um, before we get into it, we're going to dive deep into it. And before we do, make sure you guys like, subscribe, leave us a comment. If you're watching this on YouTube, if you're listening to this on any one of our podcast outlets, make sure you leave us a comment, share the episode with your family and friends, you know, and maybe you could support our, our podcast and hit that notification bell on YouTube. Get so all important. the content right away. So important. So important, Danny. Thanks. <laughs> um, I've recently co-authored a book with Kevin Harrington, one of the original sharks from Shark Tank, and Robert G. Allen, real estate guru from the States. I'm not selling the book. I refuse to sell it. It's already been promoted and became a bestseller through Kevin Harrington and through Robert G. Allen. Visit financialfreedomclub.ca forward slash ebook, no hyphen, and uh, we'll put that link in the description below. No more selling. Let's talk about these Bank of Canada interest rates. So These guys brought the damn rate up again, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, they raised it by a quarter basis point. But just remember, you guys, I want to I start <clears throat> off fire. Like, I don't want to just, you know, beat around the bush. When the Bank of Canada makes an announcement, it affects the variable rates. Now, it doesn't. it does impact... You know your rate on your line of credit, your rate on your credit card, like all all this unsecured debt. Yeah. But but it also impacts your variable rate mortgage. If you are in a fixed rate mortgage, nothing happens. Okay. Don't worry about it. The world's not falling. And in fact, when the Bank of Canada makes an announcement, it doesn't directly impact the fixed rates. So currently, at the time of this recording, and you know at the time that you're listening to this. Fixed rates are actually lower than the variable rates. Yeah, they are. I got an email yesterday. They dropped down again. Um, there's a promotion with one of the lenders we work with, 474. The rate was How many for years? five-year fix, 4.74%. Insured? It could be insured. Yeah. Up to 65%. Yeah. But so. that's pretty good, dude. Like, you don't hear that a lot right now these days. You're usually hearing, like, they're in the fives, but... Yeah. Yeah. Danny, in my 11 years of doing this as a real estate broker, broker of record, broker of record owner of Millennials Choice Realty, that's our core pillar. Yes, we got the mortgage division for our real estate clients, but real estate's our core pillar, our bread and butter. Um, you know, I've, I've seen rates high. They, they've they they've been, now they're a little bit higher than what I've seen them. My, my first mortgage was like 4.79. Yeah, but at that time, it was a smaller mortgage. Right now, there's a lot of people by getting into the market. Mortgage. It was a smaller mortgage. The balances yeah. for the mortgages are much higher because the prices are higher, right? So you have to yeah. think about that. That's what a lot of, like, I have this conversation so many times with, especially older people where they're like, well, the rates used to be 19%. I understand that. But guys, that was 19% on like a $75,000 detached house in like Mississauga. You don't find that anymore. That means the mortgage is only 50 grand. So the payments are still small. You got to look at the payments right now. 
I'm getting killed right now on my variable mortgage that I just got. Destroyed. I'm at six and a half now because well, of today's I, announcement. I told you don't go variable. You always go variable. Uh, my portfolio, for those of you guys, I've never taken a variable mortgage. You know the one time I took variable mortgage? Because the guy made a mistake and gave me variable. <laughs> no and I way. said, you better switch it up to fixed because here's the email saying I wanted fixed. Never do fixed. My portfolio across the table is all fixed rates. And most of them are sitting in the low twos, mid twos, with the exception of my primary residence, which kicks me in the butt. And it's coming up for renewal this year. Oh, but remember tough. something. You date the, the mortgage rate. You marry the house. Wow, I like that. Okay, so sometimes you'll have periods of you know higher rates, lower rates. It's a balancing act. But why did you, knowing the bank account, they've said to you they're raising the rate. Why did you go variable, <laughs> well, Smarty? The rates were already up. Though, What's your rate? What's it. your rate right now? Right now I'm at six point two five, but off after today it's going to be like six and a half. Do, but, you, do you care if I talk about specific, like which properties is? No, it's for the SO one. Four thirty SO. So you close on the same day that I close my investment properties there. Yeah. So what, wait, what's you your did, rate now? So, no, hang on. What's your no, rate? No, right no, now? Wait. So it's six. It was six point two five when I closed. Now it's six point two five when you closed with yeah. an A lender, like a one of the big banks it's with, with RBC. Yeah. And what's your rate now? Six point five because it's gonna it went up. Yeah. Six point four nine or oh no six point five. Six point five. Yeah. You closed at six point two five. Yeah. For how many years? It's a five year variable. So I closed with one of the big five banks, and I closed for a five year fixed for five point four eight. Yeah, but why would you do that? The rates are going to, I think the rates are definitely going to go below 5.48 within the next couple of years at least. Which rates are you talking about, variable or fixed? Fixed. No, the fixed, I think, is going to go down below where you locked in at. That's where they got you. They wanted you to lock in and they got you. My friend, you don't know my strategy. What's your strategy? My strategy with the amount of equity that I have in those two deals that I purchased in January of 2019, I have lots of equity. The moment the rates come down because the mortgages are low, they're already, they're still cash flowing with the rents. The moment the rates come down even f- further, I'm going to refinance them. The penalty to break each mortgage is about 1500 to 2000 each. And I think gonna, it's going to be more than that. I don't know how they told the bank told me that they told you that. Yes. Did you get in writing? Yes. Okay, good. As long as you got in writing. I have it in writing in two places, <laughs> emails and text messages. Okay, good. 1500 to two grand. I'm going to refinance it. That cost to break it is a, is a write-off. I'm going to draw equity out. So I'll be in infinite returns territory. And by the way, I closed that 5.48. I have peace of mind. I know what my rental income is coming in every month. And I have peace of mind knowing this is my payment. You closed at a higher rate than me. And it's your primary residence. But that's a rental property. So it kind of makes sense. You're treating it as a rental where... As a rental property, I I should have done... If anything, you should do the variable. But here's the thing. You're most likely going to keep it long term, right? You're not planning on flipping it within the next month or year. Sorry. You're you're planning to flip it? Why'd you go five years then? I'm planning on possibly flipping it. So it's keeping the option open. And also in case the rates do come down, I can automatically just convert it from a variable to a fixed. It's the most flexible. But did you do the calculation between the months that you'd be getting it at 625 or 6.5 now? Oh, 100%. Did you do the calculation between now and did you add, like, how long did you anticipate rates to be that high before you switched over? And what would the cost of interest be that you're paying in the difference? If, which I personally was willing to gamble on that. If the rates go down within the next two years, I'm going to be making money. I'm going to be saving money, I should say, on the variable rate mortgage. Yeah, but you could have just, again, did what I did and just broke it and paid the two grand. 
and or three grand, whatever it is, and, and locked in at that time if that was the case. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know how those guys gave you a penalty to break for a five year fix at fifteen hundred bucks. Because the, the mortgage is low. The mortgages are low. Yeah, my mortgage is a little bit higher than than that one than what you have probably. Yeah, yours might be five grand. But yeah, like that's the thing for for the for your you locking in, depending on again when they increase like decrease the rates. I don't know. I just feel like variable is definitely like more flexible and it's the way to go as of right now still just because they want people to lock in for a long time. But I get what you're saying. You just break the penalty worst case or pay the penalty worst case if you have to break. And well, it's it's a it's a numbers game. Like right now, if I'm going to close at 5.48 or 6.25 and 6.25 is going to be, you know, it could fluctuate. I'll take the 5.48. I'll have peace of mind. Save money in the interim. You're saving the money in the interim. Yeah. I have the peace of mind, and you would have had the peace of mind. Now the rate keeps going up. And then should the rates come down, as you say they they may, then at that time, I would say, okay, well, how much did I save by doing it this route? What's it going to cost to break to switch over to the lower rate? Yeah. And then how much is that going to save me in the new term going forward compared to like where I'm at now. 100%. It's all numbers. That's why but, but it's, it's closing speculative. High, yeah, but but I but you only speculate when you do variable. When you do fix, you don't you do, there's no speculation. There's but only no, there still is speculation on when you think the rates are going to go down. Cuz right now, let's say for example, I just told you. No, like, no, but but hang on, but I don't need to speculate. I don't care if rates go down. I'm happy at 548. That's it. I'm well, done for 5 years. Yeah, if you're I'm, happy, I'm then happy. that's if they that's good. if they significantly dropped. But like we just said Then though, I would do that calculation. There's rates right now. Like right now, I could get a rate at like five point zero nine for insured. Your, no, not for for not insured for like what you need. Let's say for yours, you could probably get it for like five point zero nine now. The rates went down since we closed, so right but away. Rate, but your rate went up since you closed. My way, my rate went up, but <laughs> uh, now now can if we, I want, can we get a Nelson? <laughs> <laughs> no, but here's the thing. No, for real. If right now I wanted to convert to a fixed rate. I would have a lower rate than you because their five-year fixed rates went down now. Yeah, but you don't. Yeah, but I could if I want. So do it. Why would I do it now? It's too early. I'm going to wait a little bit. Oh, okay. So you're, so you're speculating. I am speculating, but I'm a gambling man. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you see, guys, in 11 years, I've, I've bought a lot of properties and I kept a lot of them. I've kept most of them except with the exception of one that I sold to, to buy my primary residence and freed up a lot of capital. But he hasn't. So <laughs> screw you. <laughs> you know, he wants to gamble. I don't gamble uh with this. I like to be as sure as possible because there's a lot of moving parts, a lot of money coming in and out and tenants and things like that. So I don't like that. That's no. why that's why I go fixed. Don't get me wrong. Fixed rates are the way to go in certain in most circumstances. If you can lock in a low fixed rate, which is what I'm gonna do also for my primary res, um, we're definitely not gonna be living in the condo for the next, you know. Uh, possible like year i think we're going to be moving out of it whether we rent it or sell it it's a different conversation but i do think for let's say primary res absolutely you want to lock it into something low but um in the meantime if you're able to carry a variable rate mortgage and and wait to see what happens to the rates if you from like for me i have a strong feeling the rates are going to come down lower than where they're at right now which again like we just said they've been decreasing from december i do think they're going to decrease to a point where it will make more sense to lock in at that time but I think you'll lose money if you're locking in at five and a half or if you locked in at five and a half. You know, it does give you peace, the, more the, peace of mind, but the, it is an interest write-off if it's an investment. So There are pros and cons pros and to cons. both. Yeah. Um, I like the peace of mind. That's just what it is. 
And if the if the discount on the rates is so great afterwards and I've locked into a fixed, I'll just break pay the penalty because then the math needs to make sense. 100%. If the math makes sense, do it. Yeah. But, but at the same time, before that happens, I'm not going to speculate. I want the peace of mind. Oh, Carson, you got a question? Go ahead. That's a really good question. Honestly, it just depends on your goal. A lot of people ask me that. They say, should I pay down my mortgage more or should I you know, save that money or should I invest it into another property? My answer is it all just depends on what your goal is and what you're looking to do. Some people that don't want to be landlords, like I've had clients where they're like, honestly, I'm not down to be a landlord. At least right now, I'd rather put that extra money towards you know, paying down the interest because it is really high interest right now. And it just makes me feel more comfortable knowing that I'm paying off more principal instead of just keeping the money in the bank. And I say that to people. I say your money is definitely better off paying off higher interest than just sitting in a checking account or savings account doing nothing. Um, So I would definitely say instead of keeping your money in a bank bank account, definitely use it to pay down your mortgage. But name of the game, Carson, is in my opinion to keep the money, don't give it to the bank and invest and earn more with the investment. So for me, I would, I would ask the person is, are you referring to your primary residence? Are you referring to a rental property? So uh, let's just separate those rental property. It's so good to always have debt on it because you expense the debt. Your interest is a write-off. Okay. So you want some debt on, on hand, you can get the write-off. Otherwise you're just going to pay a lot in taxes with the passive income that you're generating, uh, through, through the rental, the rentals on the primary residence side of it. You can't write off the interest because it's not a business. You're living there. It's your residence, place of dwelling. So the only time I would say to the person, you know, don't pay off your primary residence is if there were opportunities where you can invest the money, earn more than what you're paying out on the interest. I'll speak for myself. I have a big mortgage on the primary residence. And as soon as I'm in an ability, I'm in a position where now I have a lot of liquid Cause I keep investing, I keep buying stuff, but when I'm in a position where I have a lot of liquid, yeah, why wouldn't I wipe out my primary residence? Now that doesn't mean wipe it out and it's dead money in your walls. <clears throat> you know, like a lot of our Americans say, yeah. cause they don't have tax-free primary residences, even on their primary residence. When they flip it, there's a million dollar appreciation, $2 million, whatever it is. They pay tax on that. They pay capital gains. We have that exempt from capital gains. We can flip our primary residences and not pay any tax if we make a profit. So they don't have that in America. So when they say, don't pay off your primary residence because it's dead money in the walls, they're operating on a different system. Yeah, I was going to say it's different. But but just on that train of thought, what I would do, what I will do, what I want to do once I'm in that position, pay it off, but have access to a revolving line of credit that the moment that's paid off, and a lot of banks have these options, uh, you know, Scotia is one of them, CIBC is one of them, and I don't know who else, but lots of banks do have those options where the moment you pay it off dollar for dollar, your principal, you have a mortgage of 2 million, you bring 2 million to the bank and pay it off, they'll give you the 2 million in a line of credit. Oh yeah. That's what I'm going to do personally. Because then why would I want to have my high payment every single month? It's a payment and it's so high and it's, you know, I have to make sure there's money there for it. And I'm never getting that interest back. There's no tax deductions 
I don't want that. So yeah, that's one of my goals to wipe it out for my primary residence. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. I always tell people at least try to make an extra monthly mortgage payment uh, in a year on your mortgage because that alone just make you one extra payment. Let's say you're paying monthly and you pay maybe 13 payments instead of just 12 in a year. You'll save thousands of dollars. You're, you'll literally pay off your 30-year mortgage like maybe like seven years early, which is a huge amount of savings that you're By saving. making one payment? One extra payment will make a huge difference. But if you have a 30-year mortgage and you make one extra month's payment over 30 years, I mean, that's like uh, uh, that's 30 payments that are extra. But yeah, exactly. That, that's, so only, that's like two and a half years. It's like two and a half years. But when you're looking at the interest that's not compounded, it saves you. It the extra saves difference? you like an extra like wow, five years. Fantastic. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah no, definitely. Uh, if you can, like I was saying before, if you have extra money, uh, let's say your mortgage payment is like two thousand dollars a month or three thousand dollars in a year. I'm pretty sure you'll be able to have that extra savings and just put it in towards it, and you'll save a lot of money on the interest. Again, you don't want to pay so much interest to the bank, right? But at the same time, you don't want to give the bank all your money, right? You want to have a good access to it, like you were just saying. That's 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 the only way I would do it. Yeah. As long as you have access yeah. to it in case you ever need it, if you want to invest yeah. and earn more on it, for sure. Otherwise, I'm on the fence of, okay, you know what? You have, a, as an example, $2 million mortgage. Uh, you know, let's use let's use numbers that are more relatable. Let's say million you have, dollar mortgage. Say you have a million dollar mortgage. Yeah. If you can't access it after you pay it off, besides selling your property or doing like a refinance later and you don't maybe want to go through that, then what I would probably do, and you had a million bucks, I'd probably say, okay, take half a million, pay down the mortgage by half a million, keep the other half a million on hand just to have liquid. And that means you can cover the payments and you could live your life and not be stretched. That's smart. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the, uh, the, the part that everybody wants to hear. How is this announcement going to impact the market? Well, just to throw some stats at you guys, year over year, supply is down about 20%. And demand is also down by 50% year over year. So ever since the Bank of Canada started making these rate hikes on, on the variable rates and stuff in March of 2022, uh, we saw demand drop by half. That's still the case. That means there's another half of that are buying and actively looking. But in order for a really massive correction to happen, you need supply to increase. And I've been saying this for a long time. The problem is supply is really, really limited. So and now because people are saying, okay, market's not that great. I don't need to sell. I don't have to sell. There will be people who have to sell. There will be people, there's going to be blood on the streets, so to speak, that they have to sell. Yeah. But supply is down by 21%. So demand is down, supply is down. It's going to be very interesting to see how things play out. Um, I know they're talking about making the stress test, or I should say making it a little bit more difficult to qualify for a mortgage, being strict on the, the ratios. Uh, higher loan to values, meaning people have to put more money down. Yeah, lower know, loan to values. Yeah, yeah, uh, lower loan to values, higher down payments. Yeah, and they're I know they're saying that, but you know, no, which which government wants to be held responsible for a major economic crash? Are or, you kidding me? This government, if anything, would be the government to do that to. To want to be held liable for that? Well, you know, they're, they're so. just going to spin it, but they're going to spin it as we needed to make these regulations, these changes to protect you, the the, the citizens, you know? Perhaps. Um, I definitely think that's a possibility. I was so surprised when, because I was thinking this whole time, yeah, you know what? The stress test in Canada, for those of you guys that don't know, if you're qualifying for a mortgage, you have to uh, qualify with, with what's called the stress test. Right now, the stress test is... 2% above what your mortgage rate is. So if you're getting a mortgage rate of, let's say, 6%, you're 
you actually have to qualify at an 8% mortgage, even though you're not getting that. So I was thinking, okay, now they're going to probably take it easy on the stress test because of where the rates are, right? Everyone's qualifying at 8%, 9%, whatever, 7%. Uh, but no, they're actually talking about possibly uh, not only keeping it, but possibly making it even tougher. So right now, it's only going to get harder to get into the market in these next, you know, I feel like next six months. So for everybody sitting on the sideline waiting to get in, now is the time to get in. We are still actually higher in terms of prices than we were pre-COVID. We are still higher right now, even though the market, the demand came down a little bit uh, and the supply is down too, prices are still higher than what they were before. Well, prices in some markets have come down. Uh, the condo market's up year over year by like 3%. Um, in Toronto, but you're, you're, you're referring to the cost of living is more expensive. When you buy the house, the payment's going to be much higher because prices haven't come down that much to the point where it balances out. Exactly. Yeah. So, so prices have come down a, a bit in certain markets with certain property types. Like for example, single family homes in the GTA have come down much more than the townhomes in the GTA. Um, yep. and, and, and versus the condos in the GTA, which have gone up. But the, what Danny is saying is that even though, that has happened because of the rates, it's still more expensive to own that property today and make your mortgage payments because of the rates compared to, let's just say February, 2022, when people were getting 40 offers on that single family home yep. and that home was selling for way more than asking price, et cetera. But the rates were 1%, 2%. That's, that's what you're saying. That, and also at the same time too, you got to look at the potential of equity that you're going to be able to gain if you get in right now where the market has come down in terms of the prices. Yeah, you'll be paying higher, right? Because of the interest rates, like you just said. But at the same time, when the market does pick back up, which we all know it will, eventually, we just don't know when, you're going to be gaining a lot of that equity back, right? So what, whatever, like if you're going to invest with that equity, it depends on the property, if you're living there or if it's a rental, uh, you're still going to be gaining. So to all those people that are still sitting on the sidelines, what are you waiting for? I think the choice people are going to have to make is, am I going to ride this out or am I going to become a renter? And they're pushing everyone to be renters right now. We've always talked about renters nation because of affordability issues. Naturally, this is being more forced yeah. uh, with these rate hikes because here's my, my other side to this. If you want to raise rates to combat inflation, fine. That's what you want to do. But what is the issue with doing that and then all of a sudden saying, you know what, we're going to go ahead and extend your mortgage amortizations from 30 years or 25 years to 35 years, 40 years to help alleviate the, the payments every single month? Or what's wrong with saying, you know, the qualifying rate, uh, it's either the qualifying rate or the, what Danny mentioned, 2% above the rate you're getting from the bank. Whichever one is higher, that's the one we're going to go with. What's wrong with saying, Let's go with the lower one, the lower five one. and a half or six percent, because that's kind of where we're at now. So my whole, so my whole thing is that like you're raising these particular rates to combat inflation, but then why are you not assisting with helping Canadians, you know, just qualify for a mortgage easier or afford their payments, afford their property a little bit easier with longer amortizations? That's the thing that's not connecting for me. That's the disconnect. That's why I don't yeah. think they're doing it to protect Canadians. I think they are. there is another agenda, obviously, that we don't know about. But at the same time, if they really did, they would introduce something simple, like you just mentioned, higher amortizations. Why not do that? Other countries in the world do, do that for people. And it does allow people to 
qualify for mortgages uh, more easily and also at the same time uh, have more money in their pocket every single month, right? Yeah. By making their monthly payment mortgage payments smaller. Um, so an amortization is basically like the length it's going to take for you to pay off your mortgage. Yeah. And so if you put if you buy a property less than a million bucks, down, uh, less than a million dollars, and you also put less than twenty percent down, then you are only qualified for a twenty five year mortgage. Any property over a million bucks requires a twenty percent down. Uh, payment that's the minimum but also if you did put 20 percent down on anything less than a million dollars you do qualify for 30-year mortgages there is one lender now offering 40-year mortgages yeah. but the point is it's traditionally 25 years and 30 years so what i'm saying and suggesting is like why wouldn't you as the government just say okay you know you can qualify for a 30-year mortgage if you only put five percent down or you can qualify for a 40-year mortgage if you put 20 percent down 25 percent down just to make the payments E, like you know less so it's easier for you every single month and they're saying the opposite they want to make the mortgage qualifying process more difficult higher down payments and, and so that's the disconnect for me where it's like huh something else is brewing like that we don't know about exactly i get making it m more difficult or more of a challenge to qualify with the stress test it actually was a good thing that they implemented right because now people are kind of responding pretty good to yeah. the rate hikes which is a good thing on it that was really smart on their end but okay now that you've done that and now that the rates are where they are seven percent eight percent qualifying rate um what are you guys going to do about that are you guys going to keep that there or is there any wiggle room right to make it a little bit easier now because now you're not looking at the 2019 market now you're looking at the 2023 market and there's a lot of, there's a big difference right there's a lot of different factors right now that's that are taking place so I do think because of that, we are going to be in for like kind of a soft landing because people are asking, you know, recession, are we going to, are we going to get hit hard or is it going to be like easy? I don't think it's going to be a really huge um, recession where, you know, many, many people uh, lose. I do think though that um, it will be a soft landing and all that simply means is um, inflation, I think is personally going to start to come down slowly, but surely how long we don't know. A lot of them are saying they're going to reevaluate six months from today, like from today and see what they're going to do based off of uh, where inflation's at. And then if it's still high, they might increase the rates again. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see you guys. Nobody has a crystal ball, but, you know, I'm still buying. There's a strategy for every season. I uh, got some closings coming up as well. And a lot of these properties I bought were built or were purchased, you know, in the previous year. So there's a lot of equity. Rents have gone up. So like I said, for the ones I closed in Barry in, in the end of December, I bought them in 2019. My rates are about five and a half percent and I'm still cash flowing after my maintenance fees are covered, principal, interest, property taxes, and insurance. I'm still cash flowing about 150 bucks on average for both units. So there's a strategy for every season. We want to encourage you to reach out to us should you have any questions. Um, and if you're interested in learning more about some of our real estate investments, or you have a mortgage that's coming up for renewal, renewal, you want to talk to Danny, you want to pull out some equity and do a refinance. That's what we do. So come to us. And again, if you guys are listening to this, subscribe, like, leave us a comment, Danny, any final thoughts? No, just, uh, we're here. Let us know if you guys have any questions and, uh, we're always happy to help anybody that reaches out to us. Awesome guys. Thank you till next time. We're out.